Truth and Transcendence. Brought to you by Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. Truth and Transcendence, Episode 30. Why are you doing the work you're doing? This is a an episode about the meaning of our work and the meaning of where we choose to invest our energy. So last week we talked about what is our life purpose and I would I would hope and imagine that the job that you're doing fits in some way with your chosen life purpose. Mine certainly does and um, but then I'm a very reflective person and that goes with my personality and it goes with my choice of of work. So for me that's an obvious connection. But it's it's really worth asking the question and saying to ourselves, why are we doing this work? So for some of us, some some of us who've actually been doing what we're doing for quite some time and who've become very good at it and reached a very senior position, for some of us, we are doing the work that we're doing because we're very good at it and because we've invested an awful lot of time and energy into getting good at it and into developing our power base, our status, our network, our structures and and everything else in such a way that, like I say, we have an awful lot invested in it. And so the idea of stopping doing it would feel like we're actually losing that investment. That that is obviously much less of a factor when we're much earlier in our lives. But even then, it can feel it can feel like we've invested a lot into what we're doing, and that and that therefore it's more important that we carry on doing it than that we change it. I think this is one of the reasons why people, uh, when people change or shift what they're doing in their forties or fifties. It's sometimes considered a midlife crisis because for some of us, if we stop doing a particular thing and switch to doing something else, it can feel incredibly shocking to do it. And one of the reasons for that is because we have this this sense of investment in the previous activity. There are, of course, people who constantly jump like a butterfly uh, butterflies don't jump, but they they flit like a butterfly from one work situation to another because they don't value the, the investment they've made in terms of time and energy at all. And they just flit from one thing to the other. Now that as well can be a, a difficult experience and not actually very useful because they're not building. They're not uh, they're not creating something which becomes more sustainable and, and creates more of a legacy for when they eventually move on. So all, all of these kind of habitual ways of conducting ourselves, we've all seen them and we've all done them to some extent. But ultimately, here we are doing what we're doing for a living, showing up to do it. However often we do that, however much time we're spending doing that, why are we doing it? For some of us, we're doing it because we can't think of anything else to do. A friend of mine retired from doing what he was doing because he was bored with it and became 
very, very unhappy within about six months and went back to doing it. And I said, well, you know, what's happened? He said, I, I'm just too bored. I'm more bored not doing it than I was when I was doing it. I said, that's a bit sad. He said, yes, yeah, very sad. <laughs> he said, uh, I said, well, why don't you find something to do that interests you? He said, I can't. I'm exhausted. I just don't have the energy to do that. I don't have the imagination to do that. And he was stuck. This is a terrible shame for this particular person at that time. Now, this was some years ago. I think he's now actually found a bit more of a balance. And I think he has, by dint of putting his head together with his partner, they've found ways of doing things that they do find really enjoying and satisfying and stimulating, ways of using their time that has now meant he can now leave off some of the time he's doing with his work. And he now spends a lot less time doing that work. He's actually in property. He's done very, very well. And he now spends much less time doing that. And the time he does spend doing that, he now enjoys. But he went through, I reckon, about 10 years of real discomfort in order to get to this particular place. So it can, it can be quite an uncomfortable thing. And, and for some of us, we, we'd much rather just potter along and not really ask these difficult questions. Because when we ask the difficult questions, that's when we discover areas of dissatisfaction or areas of just basically boredom, where we it just feels pointless. So having said all of that, that may have put you off listening to the rest of the episode, but I still think it's valuable to look at this particular question. Now, one one thing I've noticed that does creep in is a number of assumptions that we use when we're distinguishing the notion of work from the notion of something which is an act, still an activity but not work. So for some of us, we equate work, the idea of work with the fact that we're doing something we would not have otherwise chosen to do. So in other words, if we're doing something that we wouldn't have chosen to do, but we're doing it in exchange for remuneration, we then consider that to be uh, work that is of value. But if we're doing something that we're doing by choice that we really enjoy, then perhaps we don't think that that is of as much value. We don't consider it to be work, proper work. Now, that's a very unfortunate um, assumption or distinction, in my opinion. Because what we're doing when we follow that particular assumption is we're invalidating everything we do that we really enjoy doing. This may not be you, but I'm sure you've seen people doing this or you may have done this in the past. I know I have on occasion, although this is not one of my particularly strong, um, uh, I'm going to call it a weakness. It's not one of my particularly strong weaknesses. For me, I'm quite good on this, but... Uh, you know, for a lot of us, this is really an issue. I can't tell you the number of people I've spoken to where I've said, you know, why are you charging so little for that? And they say, well, it's not really work because I, I enjoy it because I would be doing it anyway. And I say to them, do you realize that the fact that you really enjoy doing it and the fact you would have been doing it anyway is the thing that gives it such great value? because it imbues it with such a positive energy. And actually, it means that you've invested the energy and the time and so forth into, into getting very, very good at it. 
and that 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 uh, unique flair that you have for this thing that you're offering, whatever it is, is very valuable to other people, and in fact helps other people to enjoy it, which makes it easier for them to do do it well. For some people, uh, something is only work if it's a lot of effort, if it's really hard work, difficult. And again, I would challenge that and say, you know, the fact that something is easier for you does not mean that it's not a value. It, it may simply mean that you are very, very capable or very experienced. So the amount of effort is not the point. And in fact, if you can do it effortlessly again, a bit like the person who's doing it by choice, and in many cases, it's the same person. If you can do something effortlessly in your work, it can actually mean that you're adding more value than if it than if it's a lot of effort for you. Now, for those for those of us in the Western world, this is one of the most difficult notions to get our head around, because so many of us have been brought up with a thing called the Protestant ethic. I don't know what it's called wherever you are in the world, but certainly in the UK, that's what it's called, which is the ethic that the that the harder it is, the more worthy it is. The more difficult it is, the more worthy it is. The more effort, the more virtue. Now, that, that of course, is a very useful principle if you're trying to get your people, you, you know, you're running a factory or something, and you're trying to get your people to work really hard. You want them to believe that it's more virtuous to work hard. But these days, for many of the people listening to this, this podcast, that's probably not the case. You're probably more interested in a culture where where virtue is attached to doing a good job, not necessarily working really hard. The number of times I've 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 um, witnessed people praising their colleagues or their their subordinates and saying, "I want you know, thank you for all your hard work. Well done for all your hard work." And the number of times I've spoken to them after and said, is it the fact that it was hard work that you most value? Or is it really the fact that they did the work well and they got the result? I say, actually, yeah, it's the latter. But we're so programmed, we're so conditioned to think that hard work is, is more valuable than easy work. Easy, you know, where it's easy but, and yet still valuable, useful work. Now, there's also the notion of work as spiritual practice. This is a, a really interesting idea, I, I think, which is this idea that that physical work or mental work or whatever kind of work that we're doing can in itself be a form of spiritual practice. And some people say that work is spirit in action. Because there we are, we are incarnated as human beings. We have a physical body, we have a physical brain, we have a mind, we have a consciousness. We have a soul, if you believe in that. We have all of that equipment. And what are we going to do with it? Do we consider, Is it more spiritual to sit on a mountain meditating? Or is it more spiritual to run a business successfully and humanely and look after our people? Well, that's for you to decide. But for, me, for many people, they consider their work to be a spiritual practice. 
regardless of whether or not the person, someone observing them might think it looks like a spiritual practice. I remember having a conversation with one of my teachers, this is decades ago, and she said to me, Catherine, cleaning toilets can be a spiritual practice. If you do it in that context when you're doing it. And at time, I had a difficulty with that idea. But, you know, after that, I reflected on it and felt, actually, I'm comfortable with that idea. I, I think that's a really very creative and interesting way of, of looking at it. For some people, their work is a form of self-expression. So for them, the way they work and what they're delivering and what they're accomplishing, they see as a form of, of expression of the self. For some people, their work is about social contribution or contribution to the planet. For some people, work is a form of penance. Now, this is not a pleasant experience for people. For some people, they feel that uh, now these are the people who, who feel that human beings, in relation to the original sin, are uh, born sinners and that work is part of trying to reset that balance. And so work is penance. So there are all sorts of different ways of contextualizing our, our work. But regardless of how we're contextualizing our work, we are using energy in our work. And our energy can be viewed and is, I believe, a thing that can be invested. And our time as well is a thing that can be invested. And we can make our own choices around investing our energy, or we may feel that we don't have a choice about that. So that experience of feeling that we can choose where we invest our energy, or feeling that we don't have a choice around that, is another really interesting question. So coming back to the context of this episode, which is why are, are we doing the work that we're doing? And questions subordinate to that, questions around what do we consider is work and what do we consider isn't work? And how are we making value judgments about that? Are we seeing our work as a spiritual practice? Are we seeing it as a social contribution? Are we seeing it as a form of self-expression? Are we seeing it as a penance? Or are we just seeing it as something that we have to do in order to pay our bills? And in regard to our energy and our time, which are both assets that can be invested, do we feel we can make our own choices around that? Or do we feel that our choices are made for us outside of us that we can't choose? And if we do feel we can choose, what are our criteria for choosing our work? Do we have clear criteria for that? That's a very interesting question as well. You know, what are our criteria for our work? What is most important to us? On the one hand, do, do we take the question of does this work opportunity or this business opportunity fit with our life purpose? Is that something that we have as a high criterion? Or are our most important criteria a bit more mundane to do with what's the financial reward uh, w will I be physically comfortable in terms of where I'm living or the, or travel and so on and so forth and our workplace? Are our criteria more emotionally based? How will this affect my family life? How 
how will it, will this be challenging emotionally and psychologically for me? Will it be interesting for me? Will it be educational? Will it be formative? Will it be developmental? What are our criteria? And when we know what our criteria are for our work, how easy or difficult is it for us to follow those criteria? Do they fit with what other people think should be our criteria or not? And then what are the rewards of that? Some people have an illusion, and I say this is an, an illusion, you may disagree, that we are actually owned by our work and by our colleagues. I've worked with people who who literally believed that they were not free to make certain choices about their own lives because of disapproval from their boss. And where I've said to them, your boss does not own you. And they've said, well, actually, I feel like he does. Because I feel like if I make this, these choices in my life that actually are more to do with me and my family, that I'm going to lose my job. And if I lose my job, that would be devastating. Now, I'm talking about people who are uniquely marketable, highly marketable people, highly competent, highly skilled people, but who've been working in the same place for so long that they've come to believe that their boss actually owns them. These are board level directors I'm talking about. And to me, that is absolutely tragic. If you feel that way, I really would recommend that you question that and actually look at it. You know, you don't have to tell your boss you're doing it. You can do it completely privately. You can do it on your own. You can do it in conversations with friends. You can ask your coach or your facilitator to help you examine the question. But if you're in that place, I would say that's a terrible waste of your resource because when we are in a place of feeling like we can't choose, our our choice ability is something which is fundamental to our ability to contribute. Very important. And of course, I have to mention the problem of living in debt and the effect of that on our work experience. How many of us have made choices around what we're doing for our work based on some sort of debt-driven imperative? The fact that we have debt and the fact that we have to service that debt, which is something that is so prevalent now in the modern world. You know, some people are very, very good at managing debt and have actually done that in such a way that they've been able to embrace and capitalize on certain opportunities that they wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. But for many of us, the fact that we are in debt of one sort or another causes us problems in terms of having free choice about what we're doing with our work. I'm well aware that there are people who have significant debt, but who are not impeded by that, and who are able to make free choices even with that, because they have it completely under control and very well managed. So I completely honour and respect that. But for a lot of people, that's not the case. So yes, why are we doing the work that we're doing? What is the meaning of our work? Where are we choosing to invest our energy? And are we happy with that? Is it fulfilling for us? And if it is, fantastic. And if it isn't, maybe it's worth exploring a little bit and looking to see if we might tweak it a little bit 
so that it's more fulfilling and suits us better and is more in line with our life purpose. So thank you for listening. Have a great week and I will see you next week. You've been listening to Truth and Transcendence, the regular weekly podcast from Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. For more information, head to yesyounow.today forward slash podcast.